Hey, how's it going, Champagne Sharks? Hope everyone's doing well. Just wanted to uh, do some quick house cleaning, let people know. Go to ChampagneSharks.com and you get access to all the links related to Champagne Sharks. You can go there and find it all. And you can find where we are on social media, our products, all that stuff. Also, Patreon benefits, which includes Discord server, book club night, movie night discussions, show notes, newsletter, and most importantly, bonus episodes. So definitely become a patron for $5 a month at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. And without further ado, here is the episode. Take care. Hey, Champagne Sharks, how's it going? Uh, we got Kenny and Vita. I'll what let you guys introduce yourself. Long Let's time go. no yeah. hear. Long time no see. All that good stuff, even though you guys can't see me. But long time, long time. If you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter, because it's not Twitter anymore. It's Twitter <laughs> with the X. So you can find me on Twitter at Victory Slap 4700 if you're looking for me. And Vita, okay, how's go. it going? It's going all right. Why is Kenny giving us his exit stuff? Like, where you can find me at? Because that's where intro. you can find me. Yeah. Usually I say you can't find me anywhere. Usually I say <laughs> I don't exist anymore. You can't find me. Guess what? You can find me, damn it. Yeah, Yo, you know, it's funny. Someone in the Discord posted a tweet. They're like, Yo, this guy's ripping off champagne sharks. And then it was you. It was me. <laughs> yeah. They didn't realize uh, your new name. So I'm glad you shared the name because a lot of a lot of our fans don't know your uh, they didn't know it was me. Like, who, yeah, they're who like, the fuck is this guy? This guy's taking champagne sharks talking points. And I was like, no, that's that's fucking Kenny, man. So that is hilarious. <laughs> What's funny about that is that you our talking points are so known that our fans are looking out for us. Like, hey, yeah, yeah, they're stealing, but, they're stealing your shit. Yeah, no, no, yeah. The ironic thing is, people do steal our shit all the they time. They do all the time, all the time. But it's funny the one time someone gets called on it, it's one of us. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> Look who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, but I, okay. So since you gave yours, you can find me also on X Zitter, whatever the shit's called. Hmm. Um, Lifestar Media. That's me. So hit me up. Like if I, I'm the person that's getting ratioed right now. As I said, <laughs> PhDs don't aren't always right about everything. But you know, I'm always getting ratioed about something. They're always mad about some shit I said. Who knows? Man, uh, go to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. Uh, become a member. I'm thinking about turning off the comments on YouTube. Like on everything. Like I'm so addicted. Just not hearing from people who don't put money in my pocket. You're addicted. You're, still, you're addicted to not hearing from people. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. No, no, not hearing from people who don't put money in my pocket. Like, yeah. Like basically, like right now, I spend most of my time on the Discord, which is all patrons, and it's like it doesn't cost a lot of money to become a patron, but somehow just spending five dollars a month is enough of a filter for annoying people. That is just a wonderful space. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. The difference between free and five dollars is it's like a, it's a jump. It's huge. Like uh Twitter, people are annoying on YouTube in the comments. Like I was on um Twitter and people were getting annoyed and I did a YouTube and it's about a two hour YouTube and 20 minutes of the two hours was dedicated to uh, how much I hate Twitter and I'm going to quit it. And it was the last time I talked about Twitter before I, I literally quit it. Like I wanted to talk about things and not do it. So I mentioned, I said all these things where I was like, yo, um, I haven't hit my final straw with Twitter. It's worse than it's ever been. And the main thing I realized is it doesn't help promote the show at all. And I made the right. analogy that Twitter is like when um, like you have a comedy show or you have some kind of side career and you go to the crack house to promote it. And you, <laughs> and you go to the crack house... You go to the crack house and you say, hey, guys, I'm going to smoke this crack with you. But after you smoke this crack, I'm doing a show down the street. Uh, it's a comedy show. It's $5 cover. Come and show out. And no one in the crack house is going to go. No, the show. they're going to stay there and keep smoking crack. Yeah, because they're on crack. Like, I'm like Twitter's a place of addicts. And I realize no matter how much promotion on the show I do, nobody goes off of Twitter to do anything. People just want to sit on Twitter and just, you know, even like a video clip. Like, you have to put the video clip on Twitter. I've even I've even invited someone yeah. on the show and they were like, we can just go to spaces. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I said, lazy, that. son of a bitch. So I said that and it was 20 minutes of a two minute, two hour video. And someone went in the comments and they were like, 
I'm sick of you talking about Twitter. I never heard anybody talk about Twitter so much and have so much trouble with it. I'm like, that's the most ridiculous thing because social media is the most addictive thing on earth. So for you to tell me you've never heard anyone talk about uh, struggling to get off social media is ridiculous. That's bullshit. That's yeah. complete bullshit. But then he said... Um, yeah, you know, you sound like someone who you're mad because of the, the cool kids are a certain way and you can't be, uh, you don't like that. It's not where I'm like, I just compared it to a crack house. <laughs> how you're jealous sound- you can't smoke crack with the crackheads. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay, this person. Wait, how old are you that you're even using terms like cool, cool kids. kids in yeah. regards to fucking Twitter? Exactly. Think about that. No, that, Twitter. It, it, Exactly. But that's an example of someone, they projected their own issues. I'm okay, you have this weird issue with Twitter being the cool kids because I don't know how I can call it up that I'm leaving because everyone there reminds me of a crack house. And then you come back with, you sound like you're jealous of the cool kids. Like, okay, that you you think Twitter is full of the cool kids. And first of all, Twitter is nothing but a platform full of all types of people that anybody can get on. So that doesn't Mm -hmm. even make any, that's not even a good analogy. No, it's not. But it made me realize the problem isn't Twitter. The problem is anything where there's no filter for people to get through. Like (laughs) the YouTube comments can be Twitter. Anything can be Twitter if anybody can get at you. Like, like people are the problem. Like, that was the only good thing that came out of that comment was that it was a reminder, you know what? The problem with Twitter is not the software, it's not the programming. There's just too many people with no yes. filter. I said, and- I said a while ago, I think I said it in a group text, I said, I don't think that it was meant for us to talk to this many fucking people. I all the, all kids, the time. Have this much I, access I, to I this many people kids. all the time. When I'm, you know, I'm on vacation. I've been on vacation all summer. When I'm at work, I asked some kids last school year, I said, how many people in your neighborhood do you know? And they're like, oh, I know about three or four people. I said, do you like, no, like how many people in your neighborhood do you actually know? Different families. They were like four or five. I said, that's a lot of fucking people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's a lot of people in real life to know that live that close to you. I said, so why do you need to know 50,000 people on social media? But also think about it, back in the day, how many new people did you used to be? Like, Not very many. <laughs> like, like back in the days, people used to live and work on farms. Or like maybe be an artisan, like be a blacksmith. You went into town. You saw the same 10 people from your neighborhood. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like how many new people do you actually see? Like every day. You've seen the same cop for 45 years. Yeah. And, and how you might many, see one new person a, uh, a week. And, a decade? How, and how many opinions and thoughts were you exposed to a day? That's true. By them, right? That's yeah, exactly. true. Exactly. Because even a new person would keep it to formalities with you. Exactly. Yeah. And even then you can't, let's say even if it's your best friend, there's only so many um, opinions and thoughts you're going to get throughout the day from somebody yeah. that you don't have access to all day, right? Because right. they're on their farm, you're on your farm. Right. You don't have access to, you know, I stubbed my toe and I'm pissed off or, you know, my child, you know, ate all my snacks. You don't have access to those. If you went, if, and look, this, and this is the thing. If you went to your neighbor and you told them that, they would look at you like, why the fuck are you telling me this? But, you know, it's you not know, even I just feel that. like that on Twitter every day. Why do I have access <laughs> have to you some ever, of this information? Like, I don't know your sex life. I really have you ever don't. known someone that you guys like in real life and God forbid you found their Twitter and you're like, holy shit, I didn't know you were this annoying. Like, yeah. wow. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, yeah. Even people you know, I don't think it's good to see them on Twitter. Like, it's just like, you're not... I didn't need to know. I said that about people on Instagram that I knew in real life. The first thing I would say is, man, that shit ain't real. You lying like a motherfucker. But then I started realizing, oh, well, no wonder you lie so much. You're annoying. I forgot how annoying you are. You know what I'm saying? I was I was going to say I've had more so the experience if I didn't like them in real life or I already was a little annoyed by them in real life. They were even worse on Twitter. They were even worse on Twitter or, or Facebook. Usually it was Facebook. So for me, it was usually like, I already probably didn't like them anyway. Mm. If, I, if I liked you, you were probably not so bad on social media. Um, but generally, if they were like annoying to me already, they were probably on social media and probably even worse. Like I had yeah. to literally block people that I worked with because they were, I just like, yo, I thought you were an asshole during our lunch break, but I'm also seeing you on our social media. It even yeah, worse. Yeah, you're, you're worse because you're, now you're yeah. sharing information yeah. that you talk about. And it's you're sharing worse. your thoughts. Sharing these thoughts. You're sharing stupid articles that make no sense. And you're an idiot. Like I can like, see even more so. Like this guy's comments were totally useless because he wasn't responding to anything I was actually saying. He was litigating something. Like people talk about projection. But I think projection doesn't have the proper definition. Like, I, like, like there's, there's a definition for projection, which just says that you're seeing in someone else 
what really belongs to you. But I feel like that definition is not good enough because it doesn't really describe the dynamic. And the definition I use for projection is you're litigating something um, that you're not prepared to internal internally work out yourself. For whatever reason, you don't have the emotional maturity or the intellectual dexterity to intellectually or emotionally work something out yourself. So you need to litigate it via someone else. You have to put your feelings or your problems into another person and force the other person to pretend it's their problem so they can do it for you. It's kind of like if you can't, if a math problem is too hard for you to figure out, you have to externalize it into a calculator and have the calculator and its um, mechanical horsepower, its electronic horsepower, figure it out for you. Like that's what projection actually is. Projection more specifically is I'm going to litigate my thoughts and feelings that I can't handle on my own. I'm going to put them into you and make you litigate it uh, for me. I'm like, that's what this guy was doing in the comments. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, you have some weird thing with Twitter. And so it's like this extra step. You're talking yeah, about this, yeah. this projection with an extra step of it's not just you see it in me, even though it's really in you. It's you no, see think, it in me. Though it's I think really it's the same. I think, I, think it's a, I think it's the same step. I think all projection is this. I'm saying oh, that okay. just seeing it in you doesn't describe the full process. They see it in you because it's something that they can't process themselves for whatever reason. They don't have the internal resources or skills to process this thing. So they need to pretend that you have the problem and they want to watch how you respond to it. Mm -hmm. So then they can, it's almost like a baby bird. Like it's like a mother bird. A baby bird can't digest worms. So the mother bird has to chew it up and spit it in its mouth. That's what projection is. Projection is like, I want to see my problem in you because I want to see you work it out for me. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to take it back in after you've processed it. Like, 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 for example, like a kid who's like scared of the dark might accuse the parents of being scared of the dark. And if the parents like, shut the fuck up, you're scared of the dark. Then the kid's going to take the problem back double fold and nothing's solved. But the parents like, I'm not scared of the dark. There's nothing scary about the dark. But and I don't the think they want to deal, <coughs> deal with it at all. Like, I don't think they even want to deal with it. I think that's why they project it. That's, so I don't think that they even want to process it. But it's even that, that even they, that's still a form of what I'm talking about, because if mm-hmm. they don't want to process it, that's still giving it to you to ha- hold for them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, at the end of the day, they want you to hold what they can yeah, handle. Yeah, that part yeah. I'm saying, but I'm saying I don't think they ever want to take it back is what I'm saying. Well, they don't mind taking it back if you could um, um, defuse it. If you can, like, render it harmless, you know, um, they might take it back, but... Um, <laughs> you can render it harmless? Yeah. As it's, in, it's always going to feel harmful it's for them, yeah. I feel like. It's always going to feel like that. Because if they, if it was... Because I feel like with people, they're always trying to defend themselves against something and if it was it was, yeah. if it was painful for them to begin with they're never gonna not see it as painful even if they're having even if they're projecting it onto you for process yeah no that's fair i mean I, but at the end of the day the main thing is they can't handle the truth it themselves <laughs> so they need you to hold it for them and they want to watch how you deal with it and right. even if they don't take it back at least if you defend yourself against it, like if I sit there and defend, well, no, I wasn't doing this and that. I'm reinforcing the idea that it's actually my problem and not his, you know, even by mm-hmm. defending against it. But the only good thing that came out of that comment was it reminded me, you know what? Anything where people are around with no filter is going to be Twitter. Like the problem is not Twitter. You can be on YouTube all day long. The minute you're in the comments, you're in Twitter. The minute yep. Uh, yep. Yep. you give people yep. the podcast email address and every Tom, Dick and Harry can, then the email account becomes Twitter. Like, it's just basically anything where there's no toll no to accountability. Pay. Yeah, yeah, no, no accountability no, and no yeah. toll to pay to share. So, like, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not on Twitter, but you just brought Twitter to the comment section. You remind me of everything I fucking hate about yeah. Twitter, but l- the good thing about you being in this comment section is you reminded me the problem is bigger than Twitter. The problem is people, people. like you. It's the yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I so, believe that's been that's been the problem all along. I don't think it has anything to do with the platform. It's the fact that anytime you anytime you create something to where people can be remain anonymous, anytime you uh create something where people can be harmful to other people with no accountability, no type of correction or anything like that. Anytime you create a platform where people can literally do literally do whatever they want to do. And no barrier and no barrier to contact. Yeah, yeah. Now, it's very rare, but it does happen that someone 
seen something someone said and seen them in real life and beat their ass. That has happened. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That has happened. And I'm not advocating for violence, but every now and then it would be a good idea to just watch your mouth when you talk to people, man. You don't, why do you look, why do you want to talk like that to people? Why? It's almost like, it's almost like how, um, you know, how the conversation always goes, like white people always say, well, how come you guys can say the N word and we can't? Well, why do you want to say it? No, totally. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And this is the thing I was telling people, like, uh, as someone who high school was pre-internet uh, for me, I was telling people, and they couldn't understand this, like, they're talking about, like, bullying, online bullying in high school. And yeah. I was like, and it was like now, like, somebody was telling me how now you can be the captain of the football team or the, the prettiest cheerleader, but you go home to Facebook and a bunch of people, you know, including, like, the unpopular kids, they're all calling you a whore or saying <laughs> you're a slut or you suck somebody's dick or something, you know? And suddenly, like... The most popular girl in school is being bullied by people that, you know, she doesn't even like know who have like no type of social account. And also I tell people back in the day, like when I was in high school, I wasn't like super, super popular, but I wasn't on the bottom. I was just like, you know, in the middle. Like, regular, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I would know some really popular people, but I wasn't like the quarterback of the football team or anything, you know, but like I knew like, like, um, Everybody, but even for someone like me, there were some people like if I was a sophomore and somebody was the most popular senior, as I explained to people, you had no way to talk to people no. that weren't in your social circle. Like, no, there was no going, find them on a computer and just posting anonymous shit on their Wait, Twitter. Wait, this is the thing though, T. Now you was in high school 37 years ago. I work in a high school right now. It's the same yeah. way. It's the same exact way. Freshmen, like I got an incoming freshman class coming in. Those freshmen are not going to be talking to juniors and seniors, dude. But they can find each other after school by going to their Facebook walls. But I'm saying Twitter. in the real yeah. world. In the real world. In the real world. Yeah, yeah. In the real yeah, world, yeah, because you don't have matters. the same classes, you don't even no. have the same schedule. You know, no, you don't have the same mindset. The seniors got way more going on than a freshman. Right. The seniors worried You're about college. The same activities. They worried about graduation. They worried about can they get to work on time after school and get to practice or whatever they got going on towards a freshman and just literally walking around the hallways bullshitting all day. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That's what. Well, that do they're all just day. getting oriented. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? And so, they're like, they're, they're just learning how their schedule works. So just learning how they're talking they're to the counselors from a school for the first this time. Big. They're coming from a school this big to a school this big. But here's here's you know the pro here's the problem. They might not be able to talk to them on campus, but say like the most popular kid that's something they don't like in school, like pushes past them in the hallway, they can pick a ticket at their phone and yeah. go onto their Facebook wall and say, you're a whore or some shit. Right, like, right, right, right. Like we had literally no way to cross social. Uh, but like like now, for example, I can't go in real life and talk to Kevin Durant. If no. I go to him in person, some bodyguards will tackle me or you whatever. I don't know where he lives. I don't know where he lives. But on Twitter, I can get Kevin Durant to argue with me. Uh, Kevin, uh, 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 Kenny, you know sports. You know Kevin Durant. You know how he yeah. Kevin Durant has burner accounts so he can argue. With he Randall. argues with anybody. He'll argue. Oh, but yeah. see, but but you know what? That's Kevin Durant's fault. No, no it's, it's Kevin. It's, it's Kevin Durant's fault. But also, even if somebody had that tendency without social media to enable it, they wouldn't be able to indulge it. Like maybe the maybe Joe Namath was like that, but right. there was no way for people to get to him for him to activate that part of his personality to argue. That's why, that, and that's why I like Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar is not on any social media. You don't know what the fuck he's doing. You don't know what he ate. You don't know shit. You won't know nothing until a new album comes out. No, that's a great. Also, same with there was someone like that guy Jonah Hill, who everybody was yeah. mad about for supposedly emotionally manipulating his girlfriend. That guy yeah. was nowhere on social media. They can be mad no. all day at him. He's there with he his does, new he doesn't baby. fucking know. <laughs> yeah, he's there with his new baby and whatever. He's like, listen, y'all. If he does know, it's because his publicist told him, but he doesn't have yeah. to give a fuck. Yeah, exactly. He's he's busy living in the real world. I think that's the problem that like, people feel entitled to, to your access time. to everybody. Yeah. It doesn't matter how yeah. big you are, and it's gonna annoy you. you and that and but that's what social media has done. I said this a long time ago. I said, you know, think about this. Like, I grew up in the 80s, right? Michael Jackson was bigger than I can't put it into words, right? What the fuck do I have to say to Michael Jackson? Nothing. Yeah. Nice moonwalk. I like mm -hmm. Dirty Diana. What am I supposed to say to Michael Jackson, bro? For real. So, But it's no different than uh, Kevin Durant or... Like, what do I have to say to Kevin Durant? Nice game last night. So what these people do is because they know that they can't, they don't have to be held accountable for anything they say. They say stupid shit. And you know what I mean? But also the higher up people, the natural logistics of the thing, even if they had a thin skin tendency, there was no way for them to lapse into that thin skinness because people didn't have access to them. Like, 
like back in the days in the 80s, even if Kevin Durant had this thin skin tendency, how often would a rando be able to catch his ear? You know Never. what I mean? But but now with social media, if you're somebody with this thin skin tendency, these people have a direct line to you and you have a direct line to them with no intermediary of a publicist. Uh, like, like back in the days, you couldn't make a statement without a publicist or a press agent being the intermediary. So like yeah. in the old days, if, if someone wrote Kevin Durant like a fan mail letter and he wanted to address him in a press conference, someone would tell him, <laughs> yo, that's not going to fly. You know what I'm saying? And maybe the time it took from the time he got mad at the, at the fan mail to the press conference, he might talk himself down. But now you can just respond in the moment and there's yeah. nobody professional to, to uh, stop you. And yeah, that's what made me realize, like, listen... Anything can theoretically be Twitter if you just give people access uh, to you. So that's not even thinking like, maybe you should even disable the comments in the YouTubes because the best comment you'll get is great video or yeah, yeah. good job. Like, like, and that can get any, constructive. Yeah, yeah. You really can get anything really constructive because people who like shit just like it and keep it pushing. It's the people with weird, like, it's not just only people who like shit, but they're, they're, they're not, they're not just going to stop at being weird in the YouTube comments. They're going to go be weird on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram too. That's oh, yeah. what they do all day. Just, yeah, just, totally. Just trolling all day. But it's not just that. They, they uh, say uh, that uh, about. Mm-hmm. feedback in general though yeah that people who give like who do even do like yelp surveys or food service you know like yelp reviews or food surveys or whatever it's usually the negative comments yep. that you get people yep. aren't gonna be people aren't are, are usually less likely to give you positive feedback they're usually going to give you feedback because they did they're triggered by whatever that happened i noticed that and even another step um uh, you don't get a lot of positive comments but you also don't get a lot of negative but constructive comments. Like, like you don't get things like, hey, I usually like your stuff, but this one was bad because I think you messed up on this, this, and this. And what they're saying is actually related to what you said. You know what uh, I mean? Like, yeah. I, find that, I find that really happens too. The most vocal person is, the person is like, <coughs> look, I'm about to say something that makes it seem like I didn't even watch your video, but I'm going to say it anyway, you know, and here it goes, you know, and I'm going to write paragraphs that have nothing to do with what you actually said. Uh, that's the most common uh, uh, thing. I think this entitlement to the feeling of uh, access. And it's kind of weird because I feel like with any of these endeavors where you create content, the new normal is to be parasocial. You're supposed to sell the idea of access to you. But the sad truth is most people are too annoying <laughs> to deserve access. Yeah, you don't even want to deal with them. Yeah, it's, it's it's sad to say, but most people are just too annoying to uh, deserve. Like gatekeeping used to happen for a reason. I, I hate to say it, but yeah, it was a necessary evil, I think, in a lot of ways. But okay, let's talk about the actual topic of the show, <laughs> which is the movie uh, They Clone Tyrone. Um, I'm going to start off by saying about They Clone Tyrone. It was a Scooby-Doo-ass movie. It was the <laughs> scooby doo ass live-action movie I've ever seen. Um, I didn't hate it. Like, there's movies I hate. I'm not... And, and you know what we were talking about before about everything is one extreme or the other. People think if you don't like something, they say, oh... That means you hate it. You hate it. You're mad. I, or you're a like, hater. Like, people think I'm weird when I push back on people using the mad in the word mad indiscriminately. I'm like, no, you should only use mad if someone's actually angry about something, you know? So I know whenever I say I don't like something, people always talk about I was angry or enraged. No, I'm not mad. I'm not angry. I just wasn't crazy about it. It wasn't boring. I've seen worse movies. I like I was entertained at some points, but it was just a Scooby-Doo ass movie. Like I I was waiting for him to pull off the mask off somebody. And then I was waiting for, for some white person to say, I would have got away with it. It wasn't for you and those pesky niggas. Like that's that's what <laughs> I was waiting to hear. And it was just very Scooby-Doo. And uh, that's my main takeaway from the movie. Yeah, that's funny because it's even in our group chat, I want to say that a lot of your takes were exactly mine. <laughs> um, and everything you just said right now is exactly the take that I have. That's pretty much how I felt about it. I tweeted, I pretty much tweeted that. I said this. I said it wasn't a bad movie. I mean, it wasn't the worst movie, but it wasn't amazing. You know, um, I felt like it was entertaining. It definitely had some parts that I thought were very, um, you know, I thought it was interesting or I thought it was that I thought were fun to watch. But I didn't think it was as deep as people try to make it. In fact, I thought it was way too on the nose for me. Yeah, I don't like me- that style. Well, go ahead. What are you going to say? Let me ask you this, Vita, because um, you said that you found entertaining at points. 
did you find the writing entertaining or the acting? Because for me, I felt like Jamie Foxx and John Boyega and people like David Allen Greer's, their acting, I think, elevated the material. The writing, I think, was the weakest link to me. I, I didn't, didn't really like, like the yeah. I didn't like the writing at all. I thought same, same the I thought the characters outside of of Tiana Paris's character, the prostitute character, I thought the actors did a wonderful job. Oh, Actually, oh, yeah. So that's a great exception because you're right. Tiana Paris is the one act, actor in this thing I didn't like. And I was telling you guys in text, I had to admit to myself because I think Tiana Paris is fine. And I think <laughs> I think I was letting it uh, uh, delude me as to how annoying she was in the actress. But this was the final straw. I had to admit <laughs> to myself, she acts everything the same and she's just not a great, a great actress. I'm not crazy about her. Like, she's nice to look at, but she's just, I have to admit, she's plays every role the same and i just don't like it yeah i don't even oh wow you know what is so funny i just googled her because i don't even know what i've seen her in um because i don't watch marvel and stuff so it's like what have i seen her in what has she been in and i don't know if i oh she was in dare white people that's did what you, i saw her in. oh yeah. lord mm. okay did you see, see shirak she was in shirak too Shirak, no oh, she i didn't see that yeah i mean don't don't see um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm about to say don't, uh, don't, don't. <laughs> but uh, but I knew she looked familiar, like her face was familiar, so I knew I've seen her in something. But she, she, um, she was a, she was a slave play too on Broadway, and oh, that's that's mm, why I saw mm, her picture. So, I so, play, so, but so you I might have seen her from the poster. She's the one on yeah. her knees. She's the one on her knees. Yes, that's why I saw her. Um, so you know what's so funny? I said I did not know this until I googled this right this very second. I was talking to my coworker about this movie because he's a filmmaker, and something I realized about black filmmakers, even when they don't like something, they will try to defend it anyway. Mm, <laughs> um, they always defend it because I, I think because they always because he made all these excuses for the movie, they weren't even good defenses. But he was <laughs> trying to because he didn't even like the movie. I could tell he didn't like it. But he tried to make excuses for it. But um, yeah, I was saying to him, I said the thing about her character it made it so difficult to watch is that she wasn't believable as a streetwalker. No. Not at all. She didn't feel like she was from the streets at all. She's. It was like watching a Juilliard trained actor play, playing a prostitute, <laughs> playing a, playing a person who grew up in the streets. Because we, yeah. you know, as a person who's worked in the community for as long as I have, grew up in the community. I live down the street from Figueroa. If you don't know what I mean by that, listen to Fig Get the Money by Schoolboy Q, or just look up references around Figueroa and become South Central. It's a very well known area. I drive by there all the time. Um, and they be out there butt ass naked. Exactly. And I've worked with girls from that community when I worked with parenting and pregnancy. I'm not teens. exaggerating either. It's a highly sex trafficked area. It's a lot of uh, street walkers from starting from teenage girls all the way up to old women. Um, if you watch the yeah. Grim Sleep, Sleeper documentary, that's, you know, those are the kind of women who lived. Soft white very, underbelly. He interviews women from um, from all fig. Mm. Yeah. You know, what's cra- you know what's crazy about that area on Twitter, on, not Twitter, on YouTube? They got these people who film the streetwalkers in LA and the uh, so-called, uh, I say so-called because this is not what I call them, but what, you know, people will call them. The so-called hood rat streetwalkers in LA will look like a nine or a 10 in any other. <laughs> he said that too. He was telling me and Mario that. He's like, yeah, yeah crazy. streetwalkers, they show the fuck do look good. Yeah, yeah I was like, in wait, LA. <laughs> this is LA streetwalker because if you go like the Hunts Point or the equivalent in uh, New York, uh, they wouldn't look like that. They look like, okay, this is a crack addicted person who is like, you know, whatever. But yeah, there are these YouTube videos where people will film, um, you know, the dark side of LA and whatever. And, and you'll be like, yo, what is in the water in LA? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Even the street walkers be looking like this. Well, I'll say this though. They definitely live some rough lives. Yeah. And you can, you can still see that as attractive yeah. as they are. You can still see and feel oh, that. Yeah. Five yeah, th- seconds, right? Those things, that, those things that soft white underbelly where they actually talk to them, you totally see it. But if you just look at them, uh, yeah, it's a whole different thing. So when I was saying to people, like, just it felt like I was looking at a Juilliard trained actress try to play that and unsuccessfully, I Google her and guess where she's a graduate from? Juilliard? Yes. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. I, no, no, no I totally believe it. Uh, do you know who was great? She was probably typecast and she did this role too much, but she was good at it. You and who that reminds me of? Paula J. White. Remember Paula J. White? Yes. In the 90s, she was so convincing 
as hood rats. Like, oh, yeah. you talking about from Friday? Oh, no, 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 no. She wasn't in Friday. I don't. Was she in Friday? Are, are, are you thinking no, of she police? was in Hoodlum. Yeah she, yeah, she was in a lot of. Uh, she was in Sprung. She was in a lot well, of pa- those. Paula Jai Paula Jai Parker. Parker. Yeah, I said White. Parker. Yes, that's yeah, the, that's the Michael Jai Craig's White. girlfriend <laughs> in Friday. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm I missed I'm combined Paula. Oh yeah, Jay Parker and Michael J. White. You're right. Oh, you're right. Oh, oh, she was in Friday too. I forgot. That's right. Yes, yeah, that's Craig's bo- girlfriend in, in Friday. Oh yeah, you're right. Yo, she was the best at playing hood rats. She was really good at it. I mean, she didn't do it as a kid because this felt like a very disrespectful caricature to me. Uh, but the Juilliard. Yeah, and on top of that, I feel like what they were trying to portray though was like this intelligent hood rat character mm-hmm. and i feel like there's there are actresses that do a better job of that you know who i think and I, maybe because of the controversy she was been under but you know i think would have done a better job is tiffany haddish because yeah, she she's actually because i would you know what me think of her because when she was on um what's that show gerard carmichael show i think that's yeah. the carmichael show when she played basically played that character on that show and yeah. she was actually pretty good at it you know and and i don't even like the show and i don't think i don't think the show's funny but the one thing i did like on the show was her and Laurel. I thought they were good characters. And I, I was yeah. like, she did a really good job of, because she, she actually is from the hood, so it probably would have helped. Probably yeah, helped she's from South know? Central, ain't she? Yeah, she's from 54 but, for Kershaw. Yeah. But, but yeah. a problem, too, is the writing, because you could tell somebody who doesn't really, like, the thing that kept coming in my mind was the Boondocks. The Boondocks had a really bad way of writing uh, Black people from the street that, to me, felt like a white per- person yeah. writing, uh, right? And this felt very Boondocksy, right? It felt like Scooby-Doo meets the Boondocks, <laughs> means, meets Get Out, meets Black Dynamite, meets, like, uh, uh, some other stuff. Like, like, it was, I wasn't that crazy about it, but um, I'm like, I can't tell how smart or dumb anybody is because they'll have them say something <laughs> that is way too smart followed by something that is way too dumb so it's like the pimp character by jamie fox would make some very profound observations or know about pop culture stuff that was way beyond his you know exposure level that made me think okay this person is very open-minded but then he said something like uh, someone called him nimble and he's like i ain't nimble i'm a taurus it's like okay there's no way somebody could be using yeah. the words he's using in the rest of this movie but not know what nimble is and think nimble is a zodiac sign like right and they did a lot of stuff like that where it's like they're from the hood but yeah so so they're really dumb but also for com- for comedy sake i'm gonna have him say something really smart and everyone keep doing that like the the tiona paris character would have some things that make her seem very very smart for her position in life right a very very kind of assimilated in some way she knows how to do journalism and she dreamed of going to like the ivy leagues but she's saying something so stupid and it's like okay these people are all cartoons like first off i don't know how smart it definitely reminded me of a cartoon it definitely did same with the white people the white people were both very very smart and very stupid at at once like they had this incredible plan that involved the most genetics and the most whatever but they also were like really dumb they were so easy to infiltrate they were dopey um and they're talking about unseasoned chicken it was just very well i mean you know i think with with that i thought the movie was decent was is it a movie i watch again i don't know maybe if i'm bored or something like that i like like you like you guys are saying (laughs) it is one of those movies i'll say that it wasn't a bad it wasn't bad it wasn't soul playing you know what i'm saying it wasn't just bad oh i love soul playing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, I, know, I like half so clearly i like goofy i can do yeah goofy. yeah i like goofy you know what i'm saying but i think that they took so many things from so many different movies just the entire idea and plot is straight out of black dynamite yeah you know i mean for those of you who are familiar oh, with black oh, dynamite i forgot Michael one Jai more uh, i'm gonna get you sucker i think i'm was gonna a get better, you sucker. oh yeah that, that was a yeah. better that's, version that's funny that that's yeah. a much better version of what this movie was going for but i was thinking about when you guys were talking about the the uh what's the girl's name the actress uh tiana paris like, if you really think about where she comes from, and like the whole Juilliard thing, it reminds you of the Robert Townsend acting school. Remember on uh, yes. uh, Hollywood oh, Shuffle? Perfect. That's what that reminded me of. You know, there we was have a lot a whole of parts. episode. Me and you have an episode on that too, don't we? Can yeah, you? on Hollywood Shuffle. Yeah, we sure yeah, do. That was, like, how, do. that was a while ago. Like, so when you think about this movie, it reminded me a lot of what Hollywood Shuffle was talking about. It also reminded me of Black Dynamite because Black Dynamite was a full-on comedy. Like there was no uh they weren't trying to be funny. 
You know what I'm saying? Like you, there but, were shots in Black Dynamite where the microphone was hanging down. And, yeah, but like, but, but was, also they weren't trying to pretend to have a deeper message. No, they were not. And that's, no, uh, no. And I think they would have fucked up if they tried. That's the problem with this thing was that Black Dynamite and I'm gonna get you sucker were mainly goofy comedy, and they weren't trying to be a deeper message. They they might have fucked up if they did. But the problem with this one is it failed at the deeper message part to me, but the comedic part. I thought failed too. So it was kind of messed up because too much of the comedy was about weird pop culture references. Yeah. That didn't hit for me. It was like very. Well, and it was, and they also did the whole, I, we talked about this. It was the whole caricature, the Atlanta caricature, shawty, yeah. shawty, shawty, all this type of shit. So it well, was like, okay, when the first, when the movie first started, I was like, oh, I'm not going to like this because I seen how they were creating this, um, this caricature, this, uh, characterization of Atlanta and this whole, uh, I guess you could say culture that they've been feeding us about Atlanta, where all these people is just sounds country and it's just all this extra being real extra. But then as the movie started going along, I'm like, okay, I see where they're trying to go with this. I didn't even know that was John Boyega in the movie because I don't, I don't watch his movies. But then I, I was waiting. I, I thought he did a good job. I think he, he I was waiting. I was waiting to see Jamie Foxx. Yeah. I wanted to see how Jamie Foxx approached his character along with how this was going to go into the movie. But then the my issue was it was too much like Black Dynamite with the whole premise. The whole yeah. premise was too Black Dynamite-ish. And those who don't know, Black Dynamite, Michael Jai White, um, Tommy Davidson is in it. And it's a, a spoof on black exploitation movies. But of course, Michael Jai White plays Black Dynamite, who's a karate. You know, he goes around whooping everybody's ass. And the pl- the premise is they're trying to figure out why the gut, why black men's penises are shrinking and they're finding out it's from <laughs> the liquor, the malt liquor. And it's called Anaconda Malt Liquor. But right? I think something, I think something that helped too was if I remember correctly, wasn't Black Dynamite actually set in the 70s? Yes. Yeah. And, this and, with this. and it's in Los Angeles. So it's, it's in like, LA. Like how blacks, a lot of black exploitation movies were like in set in Los Angeles and they yeah. did a lot of the old school 70s scenes yes of so their locations shot that on were 35 in, millimeter yeah. film all of that yeah well, well, yeah and this was weird because nothing had any relation to anything else so they had a lot of 70s black exploitation tropes, but it took place today. So I'm like, yeah. okay, what the fuck is happening? Why, why is all the music from the 70s? There's no in story. Like, uh, I have a friend of mine who does musicals. He writes musicals, and he told me something very interesting about musicals. I thought was pretty good. We were, we watched a musical together on Broadway, and he's like, the reason why this musical doesn't work is none of the music advances the plot. And he was telling me that a good musical, um. The songs should advance the plot some. It shouldn't just be you're telling a story. Then you take a break to have a song. You think the song is going to be dope. And then you continue with the story. And when you told me that, I realized it should be like that with soundtracks too. Songs should have some kind of organic connection to what's happening in the plot. And this movie didn't have that. They just played 70 songs because they wanted to show off how good their um, taste was. So... They'd yeah. have weird 70s songs playing that were dope, but had no connection to what was happening. Like when they were storming the um, stronghold of the people, they would just play, I forgot what song, but they would just play random 70s songs that the lyrics, the tone had nothing to do with what was happening in the story to work as background to the plot. It was just there to say, hey, remember this song? Or look how good, <laughs> yeah. our, look how good our taste is. That, that really you, kind of annoyed me. You know what I love what your friend said because I, I I do I look for that in musicals too. I didn't even know that was a thing. That's just something I've always. Well, I guess I kind of did because I love musicals. I grew up watching them, like finding them late night on TV. I think, exactly... I think maybe I think maybe even intuitively you know you knew because yeah maybe so because when I started this, this musical with him, I was like something about it wasn't hitting for me, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And when he told me, I'm like, you know what? I didn't consciously realize it, but when you say it, that is what was bothering me. That mm-hmm. the songs were good songs, but they had nothing to do with what was actually right. happening in the story. Because because with a musical, the music, it's a musical. So the music is part of the story. It's supposed to be telling me something new. The like, music tells oh, the story. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, there's a magic yeah. key this whole time. I didn't know that. Oh shit, y'all was married and you didn't know. Whatever, you know, whatever it is. But anyway, with this movie, I, I think they were trying to go. So this is the thing. I kept comparing it more to, I, I, I compared it more to like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah, that's a, that's and, another good example. And yeah. I'm not a Quentin Tarantino fan, right? Um, funny enough, I was watching this movie at the same time uh, I was listening to a podcast about um, Pam Greer. And because I just happened to run across uh, on HBO, they have Turner Classic Movies has a podcast 
called The Plot Thickens. And this particular se- season, they had a, a series on Pam Greer where they interviewed Pam Greer. And Quentin Tarantino was in it. And they talked about Jackie Brown. Mm-hmm. And I had never seen Jackie Brown until recently. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just finished That's it. That's a good one. Like, oh, my God, it is so good. That's a good movie. See, the difference between that and Quentin Tarantino, what he does really well is fleshes out characters. Yeah. Well, in that movie in particular, I really like it. See, I've only seen like oh, Kill yeah. Bill and Pulp Fiction, maybe a few other things. And I didn't Jackie like Jackie Brown's movies. real good. Um, but Jackie Brown's nothing like those movies. Yeah. Um, and Pulp Fiction has scenes I like. And that's yeah. kind of how I was with even this movie. There were scenes that I kind of liked. Yes. Like I liked the church yes. scene. Yeah. I just liked the scenes. I like I like David Allen Greer in that scene. I like what he was saying. I thought it was like so. I like the I like that spe- specific critique of the church that they were giving. It was even though that was the only scene I liked. It was very, still very on the nose. Like it was very clear. Like very on the nose. But it was a scene that I did like. Um, David Allen Greer killed that shit. I'm sorry. He did. He was. <laughs> um, but it was. Um, it was it was the it was the fact that it was uh um I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I got thinking about David Allen Greer. But uh it was the um what was that what was I talking about, y'all? Uh you were talk you were talking about how you weren't um crazy about a lot of things, but you like David Allen Greer and Oh, Quentin Tarantino. Quentin so, Tarantino yeah, Quentin Tarantino, yeah. <laughs> so right. that whole but that same thing with Pulp Fiction, there are scenes that I liked. But I didn't, I couldn't, I can't get into that like sort of wonky, I don't know what era I'm in. Because you're, you know, you got analog radio and you got, uh, you're talking about Obama at the same time. Like it was really confusing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And he had a Jerry Curl. It's like, uh, I know what the word is. Uh, anachronisms. There's like a lot of yeah. weird. For, for example, this movie also had a flip phone in it. And it's yeah. like, wait, wait, why is there a flip phone? Like, what year? I saw in? somebody on Twitter try to explain like it's a film technique. I'm sure it is. I just never been a fan of that. I also don't like sci-fi. To be fair, um, but I just I, I, I that so that sort of Quentin Tarantino. I, I'm sure he didn't invent it, but just that whole and then even that sort of theme of using this black exploitation thing and trying to be deep. With these very on the nose references, but at the same time, you didn't critique anything new. Like it would be different if you at the if you weren't just critiquing uh, the same things we always been critiquing that you can find on any Twitter conversation, conversation people have been having for a hundred years. People have been honestly, it felt kind of it felt kind of dated. Like it felt like very in two thousands. There was a big trend of the whole niggas versus black people thing. And, yes, and Dave Chappelle trafficked in it. Uh, Chris Rock trafficked in it. The the show The Boondocks, the whole series was a lot of, you know, like nigga moments and we are mm-hmm. our own worst enemy and Michael and, 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 Mar- and Martin Luther King complaining but, about but, but the, but even the, but, yeah, even the but even the points around addressing things like nutrition or even the points around addressing things like yeah. relaxers or the re- or religion or um like these things that was like because I think like they were hitting these various points or the even the addressing the educated assimilationists like all these other music and you know strip clubs or whatever like all these different things are things that we talk about and argue about on Twitter right now you know yeah. these are conversations that have been happening and, in the black community a hundred years and for you years, it was also it was all easy targets exactly so it wasn't like you were critiquing something new they didn't bring anything new to the table you didn't even think about anything we haven't already been thinking about you didn't right. challenge you know like for example what i didn't see a critique of the actual educational system yeah something that we still see as our liberation without an actual critical thought of what that means right Um, yeah there there was no critique of black people above a certain class it was just basically everyone in the hood's the problem but it's like like in a vacuum or almost fantastical like there's some kind of giant sci-fi white conspiracy making them act this way as opposed to right the system is designed to right. create a create a hood. But something out of everything critique that I really hated, I hate when bougie black people critique fried chicken because there's nothing inherently bad about fried chicken. Fried chicken is no worse than any other cultural food. Even if you want to say it's for health reasons, pizza is no healthier than fried. At least fried chicken has protein in it. P- pizza is just a bunch of carbs and cheese. And <laughs> occasionally a dabbing of meat. People eat French fries and hot dogs and cheeseburgers right. and right. every fucking thing else. Yeah, like just because white people make fun of you for something doesn't actually mean it's a bad thing. 
You like you know that there's, there's some black stereotypes where it's actually a bad thing. Like calling black people lazy, laziness is inherently bad, no matter who does it. So I understand why you want to distance black people from laziness or criminality. But fried chicken is one of those things where the only reason it's considered a black stereotype is because black people do it. There's nothing inherently bad about fried chicken. Like if a white person eats fried chicken, no one says to the white person, hey, you're eating fried chicken. Like the only thing bad about that makes uh, fried chicken a bad stereotype is the idea that's associated with black people. So to me, when you as a black person think you're saying something by distancing yourself from fried chicken, you're just validating the idea that anything that black people like is inherently uh which is which is bad. which is the reason why with black dynamite and a kind of anaconda malt liquor. Malt liquor is horrible. No yeah, malt liquor is horrible no matter who drinks it. Yeah, malt yeah. liquor is bad no matter who malt drinks liquor it. Malt liquor isn't a black thing. Yeah. Fried chicken is one of the best culinary inventions on earth. Like Korean people eat fried chicken. This Latin American chicken. Latin American people eat fried chicken. Like fried chicken is freaking great. White people eat fried chicken. Like the idea that black people should be afraid. And I was just annoyed about when they're listing all the ills of the black community, like crime and drugs. And well, to fried, be fair, they also chicken. had they did have cereal in there too. To be fair, oh, oh, cereal? Yeah, it cereal. It was cereal. It was in the relaxers. It was in the grape drink. Cereal though is pretty much junk. I, I get cereal, but fried fried chicken I think is no worse than any other. <laughs> he is offended food. by this damn chicken. He's like, <laughs> no, I am I'm like, no. it disparaged the chicken. No, no, I, no. Yeah, no. Okay, relax, spot. Can you imagine? No, no, no. Chicken. We not gonna touch the chicken. Can you Let imagine making it? Can you imagine <laughs> making Italian people ashamed of pizza or pasta? It would never. No, it would I get never, your point. It would never I'm work. Just, yeah, it's, <laughs> but it's just funny because you're not playing about your chicken. No, like I think <laughs> it's one of the best inventions, culinary inventions on the planet Earth. Like, fried chicken is amazing. Like you know, that's, it is amazing. It's delicious. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I don't mean, I don't mean it's just delicious. Like, just the whole, like, the breading. The idea of it. The idea of it is. I, I, I agree. I'm just messing with you. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I take it very serious. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even laugh. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, I mean, there definitely, it, no, there were a lot of things with the movie. I just, I, I couldn't get down with it. It's funny, I brought it up at work, and my boss was like, I hated it. She hated the movie. <laughs> Uh, for pretty much all the reasons that we said, I just didn't feel like it, those things were enough for me to make me hate the movie. I agree. Because um, I, I actually thought Jamie Foxx, because even the parts where he's like, why is he being dumb right now? I think the parts where he gets to be smart and gets to be like, you know, uh, like creative are my favorite parts that he plays. Like when he comes yeah. up with the plan, that's like one of my favorite parts. But the plan is the- so Scooby-Doo. That is so Fred and I- Velma. It is. Oh, that's the other thing about the movie I, I I liked and didn't like at the same time because it was so black exploitation. Yeah, <laughs> there was so many holes in everything, but they never they just pretend like it's not a hole, right? Like they just yeah. they just do it. Um, they just do things like you know they go to the lab and they just somehow they just beat up people and get in their suits and nobody catches them. Like right, black people walking around this lab. That's some like, that's some do- that's some dolomite shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. That's what I'm saying. So, so it's like that's I have a love hate thing with that because it was just so many gaps and holes. Things there's like how did you get away with this? This doesn't make any sense. But I think I kind of got, I feel like that was intentional to some degree. So I just let it go. But um, I still liked that Jamie Foxx was like, like that was, <laughs> it was a sort of plan. You know, it was just funny to me. Yeah. And also I there normally, were no police. Like I normally, were the police and all of this. Like, was, yeah, no I normally don't even like John Boyega. And I have to admit, I thought he was very good in this. I thought like, he was great. I, I like, didn't even know it was him for like half the movie. I was like, yeah, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know it was him at all. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> thought he did. Like, like to me, he was more convincing than Tiona Paris, to be honest. Way more convincing. And she's she's actually American. Like, you know, I know a lot of people don't <laughs> want to give black British people credit for anything. You know what I mean? But I thought he was better in the movie than Tiona Paris. Uh, he was way better. Yeah. Um, one thing I didn't like about this movie, I feel like it's very white writing. 
But yes. in the Cuban some Atlanta stereotypes, you kind of pretend it's black. That's that was my whole point. That was what yeah. I was saying. It's like yeah. I don't need the when they when the when the camera people show up now, all of a sudden, all the citizens start acting ghetto all of a sudden. Yeah, in the news. Bro, like, get the fuck out of here, man. And that was right. an old that was an old stand-up joke since the 80s about how black yes. people, when the news comes on, they act stupid in the background. They were, they were doing that on in living color. Like, yeah, you know, that, you gotta it's do so a little more cliche. creative. And it was this. corny, it wasn't even yeah. funny. Yeah, like, it was like they didn't even do it in a funny creative way it was really, some really one dude funny. was taking a selfie behind the reporter yeah like, so it was corny. just like yeah bro this is some twitter bullshit low-hanging bro. fruit uh it's, yeah it's, it's like you guys said since the 80s and 90s people making those jokes but uh the the humor was all these weird pop culture references they're talking about spidey senses they said it twice jedi mind trick i'm like yeah. okay, I, I don't actually know street some street walker talking about Star Wars trivia, uh, blockchain, and th- there was so many. Uh, their clockwork oranging us, like there was, and, and then right, and there's some stuff they were saying, like uh, Fontaine asked her, "Yo, why would that Scooby bitch do? What would a Scooby do bitch do?" And she's like, "Nancy Drew, yeah, bitch in them books." I'm like, "Why would grown people <laughs> be talking about me? I thought that Nancy cool. Drew, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. That was so odd. I was like, who talks about?" I really was confused by that because never in my life, in my life, has every anyone ever referenced Nancy Drew. Yeah, it, it it's like they're the people in the hood are dumb to an almost childlike level, but they're also making weird references. Like even if someone from the hood wanted to use fiction to guide the detective work, why wouldn't they say CSI or something, something grown? Why would they? Yeah be using That's a, a children yeah why would they use a children's book uh to model detective work what would a grown person <laughs> even from the hood be like hey i want to do detective work what did he do in scooby-doo like use the cartoons it's like people in the hood are too stupid to realize a cartoon <laughs> with a talking dog is not the best way to uh solve a crime or nancy drew nancy drew's not even relevant to this generation like it's just at all yeah, it's just weird. Like, you know, and, and then she says, yeah, my girl Nancy Drew could pick a lock. And like, Nancy Drew didn't pick any damn locks. Her, her yeah, books, I were, didn't the, even her books were in the 50s. Yeah, she was. I can't even was, remember. I, I don't even remember if I read Nancy Drew. I think I might have seen, I mean, re- maybe read one Nancy Drew. Who, book. who directed this movie? His name is Jewel something, J U E L. I forget his last name. Uh, I'll find his credentials. Um, I heard from an insider that Netflix, uh, I heard from someone who knows him that Netflix interfered a lot. And Jewel and, Taylor. Uh, yeah, Jewel Taylor. So I have no idea if the bad parts were imposed on him from Netflix, but you know, I did he hear from someone. He's like 35. I heard from someone who knows him that uh, the final product wasn't what he uh, wanted. But mm. for all you know, Netflix might have added the good parts. Like, I don't want to automatically assume that he was behind the good parts, but he might have been only behind the good parts. It's a possibility. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, my filmmaker friend was trying to tell me that there were a lot of executive decisions made as the excuse for why. <laughs> Why it wasn't that good? Yeah, the things that the movie, I think things I didn't like about the movie were. There was a good, there was a good movie. There was a good movie in there in someone else's hands, but yes, yes, there was. There was definitely a good movie in there somewhere. It was a good movie in there. It just they uh, chose to do something different. Yeah, I can. But again, it's not. It's not bad. Like yeah, I won't say. I won't say. Master was. Oh, Master was fucking horrible. Oh my god, that shit was terrible. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh my God, Kenny! Why are you? Rem- we did we we did that episode, right? Did, did we yeah, we did. That episode Unfortunately, too? yes. Yeah. Oh my God, that shit was so horrible. I'm still mad. I watched that shit. That shit was that bad. was Regina. Wasn't this, that Regina King is, that was no, played in uh, Master? Who was that? Oh, oh Regina no, Hall. Regina Hall. That was Regina, Regina Hall. Regina Hall. Regina Hall. Regina Hall. Yeah, yeah. Master. Yeah. Master was a hate crime. That was it. Was that bad? <laughs> All right, y'all. So. That is the end of part one. Go to, again, patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks or click the link in the show notes to get part two. Be good.